February 12th, State Farm Stadium in Glendale, State Arizona. What? State Farm Stadium. It's not what I heard. It's not what I heard either. There's such sticklers about it. State Fart Stadium. February 12th, State Fart Stadium in Glendale, State Arizona. What? State Farm Stadium. It's not what I heard. It's not what I heard either. Hold on. Remix. It's fine. An early flub. <laughs> a early, Hall of Famer. Early in the week. State Fart. Well, you know. We made a little something for you. What did you? Already. Yeah, thank you. Like a good neighbor. State Fart is there. <laughs> Incredible voice in the insurance business, <laughs> as it were. Nobody does it better than State Fart. <laughs> I apologize to um, State Fart. State Farm. State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Fart is there. Wow, you're adding a piano behind it as well. We could do a whole. We can. We can get. We can get bigger. And can we just have that. background singers and just have the whole? The whole nine yards. We'll get Aaron Rodgers in here to do a state fart commercial. <laughs> get Jake from Jake State from Fart. Sta- hey, it's me, Jake from State Fart. It's fantastic. It's all. That's a Hall of Famer already. On a Monday, they certainly have their share of commercials during the NFL playoffs. That's sure for do. sure. There's plenty of commercials. Patrick Mahomes and his jazz bath. Plenty of commercials. A lot of that. Well, thanks again to Annie Heilbrunn. Uh, for joining us. Uh, Annie, very busy, just put on the whole uh, San Diego Sports, the awards dinner with the Breitbart Hall of Fame uh, a week and a half ago and a piece in the UT and then out in spring training and we see her on TV throughout the Padres season. So uh, good stuff and sounds sounds about as encouraging as we possibly could have hoped for with Fernando Tatis Jr. at this point. Yeah, long way to go, obviously. I mean, there's a long season ahead. Uh, things can certainly change on a dime. We've seen that happen, but... Um, if you're going to track someone's progress, uh, you know check marks along the way. He is uh, he's, he's doing well, and and health is is the really the most important thing. Can't put the toothpaste back in the tube, as it were, Benny. So um, just looking forward to to getting that kid back in this starting lineup every single day. It's gonna be it's gonna be electric when those guys take the field for the first time. I can't even imagine. Little football news uh, this morning: Daniel Popper tweeting can confirm Chargers are hiring Kellen Moore as their new offensive coordinator. Uh, rap sheet: Tom Pelissero on it first. Kellen Moore, who. And it was barely what a day ago that he was let go by the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Mike McCarthy saying he'll be doing his own play calling next season. Good luck. Uh, finds a new job with the Los Angeles Chargers as their offensive coordinator uh, going forward after the Chargers fired theirs following their playoff exit against the Jaguars. Uh, you know, by all accounts, pretty talented kid. Uh, Ian Rappaport tweets uh, expected to become the Chargers OC. The talented play caller goes from Dak Prescott to Justin Herbert, a quick move after his departure from Dallas. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I didn't see anybody blaming him for the season the Cowboys had. No, I, you know, I, I I didn't either. And and I don't know how he's received in Dallas uh, by Cowboy fans, but, you know, they continue to, to lose in the biggest game. Here so, in Dallas. Here in Dallas. I think somebody, you know, somebody's always going to get scapegoated. It probably should have been Mike McCarthy, if we're being honest, but um, that's not the case. And, now and he's taking over. Yeah, the plays. now he's going to take over calling the plays, and and I mean, I guess be careful what you wish for, Cowboy fans. I mean, it was barely a decade ago that Kellen Moore was quarterbacking against the Aztecs yeah. for Boise State in the Mountain West. He was the 2011 Mountain West Player of the Year, and now at 34, he's already on his second offensive coordinator job 
in the NFL. So, yeah, very young guy still in the business. And, um, I, I mean, I'm not a Cowboys guy, but I saw Cowboys fans pretty unhappy that Mike McCarthy was going to be calling his own plays next year. That was not what they thought the answer was going to be uh, for that team, but we'll we'll see how it works out. Well, I mean, Friar Bolt tweets in, Chargers, are you actually being effing serious right now? The Cowboys actually wanted this idiot gone, and now you hired him at first chance, SMH. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think he's got some talent to work with. Not like he didn't in Dallas, but I think he's got more talent to work with in, in L.A. than he does in Dallas, yeah? Receiver-wise, quarterback-wise, I, I think we'd all take Justin Herbert over Dak Prescott if we were starting a team, yeah? Uh, yes. I, yeah, I yes. think we'd take the receivers. I think we'd take uh, the running back. I think we'd take a lot of the, the skill position players from the Chargers over the Cowboys. Yeah, he has upgraded. Yeah, I think offense. so too. Now, I may not have upgraded in an organization wise, but he uh, he upgraded talent wise. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I think this is a pretty good move for the Chargers. He is getting a quarterback who had uh, labrum surgery yep. uh, over the weekend. Left uh, arm, Justin, though, yeah. Justin Herbert, but uh, should be recovered. Uh, in time for next season. All right, football note there for the rest of the headlines we haven't got to, or at least some of them. Let's get to the Rhino Report. And get things started here with our edition, today's edition oh, of boy. the Rhino Report. Now tuned into the motherfucking greatest. Welcome to the Rhino Report with Paul Rindle. Hi, Paul. All right. Two stories from the world of sports that we haven't gotten to yet. We'll start off in Major League Baseball. And one story that you didn't know you needed. Are you laughing, Biatch? It's the Rindle Report. Hey, Paul, how you doing? Okay, how are you? On 97.3 The Fan. Are you ready to bless the mood? I need some help, please. <laughs> that was good. Can I get a all right. All right. I just <laughs> All right. All right. By the way, Josh says that Brandon McCarthy isn't confirmed to be calling Not plays. Not Brandon McCarthy, are. Mike McCarthy. Mike Brandon McCarthy. McCarthy would be a weird guy. I don't know why it says called. B McCarthy. It should be M McCarthy there, Josh. <laughs> the OC search is on, and they'll go from there. Brandon McCarthy, the former pitcher, would be a very, uh, he's <laughs> very smart guy. On social media, yeah. He's a very smart guy. I don't yeah. know that he can call an offense. Yes. M McCarthy. All right, gentlemen, we will start off in the NBA. Uh, quite a spicy little scandal uh, this happening could right like now. Get so, its, this could get its own segment tomorrow or something. Yeah, like, it's really... Dude, this is wild. So uh, somebody on Reddit made a post, and they did a deep dive into what is happening with the scorekeeper for the Memphis Grizzlies, the home scorekeeper. For the Grizzlies, and it got a ton of traction. I th- believe it even got a statement from the NBA themselves wow. to be like, "Yeah, we're we're going to look into this now." This isn't the first time that this has happened. You guys remember all the stuff that happened with Seventy um, Sixers general manager Brian Colangelo, all the scandal that was oh, going yeah. on in the front office. That started with a Reddit post. Is that right? Yeah. So this has happened before. Talking about Jaron Jackson Jr who is a front-runner for Defensive Player of the Year in the NBA. The problem is his stats appear to be padded when he's playing at home. Now, why would this happen? Well, over the summer, he had like he, he recently had an ankle injury, and so before the season started, he was at plus 10,000 odds to win Defensive Player of the Year. Now he's the favorite. Oh my God, what if they bet it? And people are wondering, did the scorekeeper possibly what if he bet, it? bet money on this? 
some of the numbers. So at home in Memphis, he has 66 blocks in home games, averaging 4.1 blocks per game. Just 35 in the same amount of games on the road. Okay. It's hard to make the argument like, oh, he just likes the batter's eye better. It's a basketball court. He has 22 steals. Yeah, he's more comfortable blocking at home. You shouldn't really have major differences in your numbers home and road as a basketball player. Well, as a defensive player, Especially. especially, I would imagine. He has uh, 22 steals at home, only 10 on the road. Okay, he's doubling up at home. There's a bunch of other deeper statistic, yeah. you know, anomalies here. They started, they, they posted highlights. Like, there was a play in particular of, like, Zion Williamson, like, takes the ball, and he dribbles baseline to the hoop, and just kind of like he's about to go up for a layup or a dunk, and the ball just kind of like, gets away from him. He drops it or something. Yeah, yeah. like, Jaron Jackson Jr. doesn't even touch the ball, gets credited with a steal. It was a home game for Memphis. And it says here, uh, Jaron Jackson in July through mid-November started as high as plus 10,000 for Defensive Player of the Year at some sports books. Uh, After the Grizzlies announced he had undergone a procedure to address a stress fracture in his right foot that would sideline him for four to six months. Now, possibly due to these wrong statistics... He's like the clear favorite to win Defensive Player of the Year. That's pretty huge. Yeah, I'm looking right now. The story of the weekend, uh, the athletic. The story of the weekend, the Jaron Jackson Jr. stats controversy. It was an issue that became quickly blown as soon as some people decided to do the basic research by <gasps> watching footage. Watching footage. So, yeah, there's proof there. You could go back, I would imagine, and say, Okay, he was credited with six blocks in this game. Let's watch the game, see how many blocks he had. Oh, weird, he only had four. It's pretty easy to prove, I would imagine. Now, what we don't know is, I mean, yeah, the conspiracy theory part of it's fine, but I mean, we see this in a lot of sports. We see official scores in baseball give hits to the home team that, you know, really probably should be an error, but they like to pad good point. offensive stats at home. It's not all that uncommon. Are are we seeing it in other home arenas? Do players just tend to get better stats? Because even if the statistician isn't betting on the players, they still maybe give him the benefit of the doubt, you know, wanting to give good numbers to their players to look good. So if it's close at all, they're giving him the numbers when they can. Now, that wouldn't that wouldn't totally shock me, and I don't know what would rise to the level of a scandal if home scorekeepers were just kind of fudging a little bit in favor of their players. This feels like a little more than a little it's a, bit. It's a, it's a strong case statistically. Yeah, there's interesting. Some anomalies going on. Very here. interesting, Paulie. I, just, I find that stuff fascinating when somebody can do. Let me just look at the number and like, yeah, the disparity, uh, the discrepancy between home and away stats is pretty pretty staggering. We will uh, switch switch gears to the NHL. Saw this story. This has only happened a handful of times, but it happened a few years ago. I remember. It's such a cool story. Uh, So this weekend, the Edmonton Oilers called on their emergency backup goalie, Matt Berlin, to close out their win over Chicago. And Berlin, he's a college student. He plays for the University of Alberta. And he was called by the team after their backup, Stuart Skinner, was ruled out with an illness, but it was too late for them to go get another one of their Call team someone goalies. Up for the minors. Right. Yeah. This has only happened, like I think, five times, I think I saw. The uh, the E-Bug, Emergency Backup Goalkeeper. And I like there's an acronym E-bug. for it. The our E-Bug. E-bug. He's our E-Bug. And so with Edmonton up 5-1 to one in the third period, they were cruising to a win. 
Uh, they actually put him in for the final two and a half minutes of the game. He got a save, and the team just went nuts. He was given the player of the game <laughs> vest that they do in their locker room after the game. But, yeah, he was just, like, literally, like, doing homework in his dorm room at the University of Alberta and got, got we, a phone Now, call. we've seen this before. The other teams have those emergency guys. Sometimes it's a just a really good goalie from, like, the adult league. They had know, an adult league like, goalie. Yeah, yeah years yeah, ago. Who, cool. Who's done that and, and moves it in. Wouldn't it be fun if they had that in like another sport, like in baseball? Like Woods, you could be the emergency twenty seventh player. Like if there's got, a guy no, gets it wouldn't be fun at, at the last second, and they don't have time to call someone up from El Paso. It'd be terrified. They say, "Hey Woods, you you did you were the best player at fantasy camp. You're our emergency player. We need you to suit up tonight as the twenty no. sixth guy. You probably won't get in, but hey, if it goes fifteen innings." We may need to throw you in there as a pitch hitter or something. Absolutely or not. Throw an inning for, for Go, our team. Man, uh, can you play outfield? <laughs> no, I can't. Please don't put me out there. Man, he's a little nicked up. Grab three bag for us? Absolutely not. Absolutely no. Maybe first base? Maybe. In a pinch. Please He'd be don't the hit e-buff. It. The Ple- emergency backup first baseman. Please don't hit it in the air. I need e-buff. three outfield pop-ups. <laughs> yes. Three. Yeah, nothing even a grounder. Maybe a, a comebacker to a pitcher. He runs it over and lobs Catcher it. Catcher would be the one position you really need the emergency Maybe backup. Maybe an easy one to like Kim's left at second base. Yeah, just he kind of lobs it over. Yep, I got yep, that. Yep. Nothing hit right at me. No. In you don't want all like, those people? Forget it. Bogart's in the hole or something. He's got to just turn back and <laughs> fire it up. One. I switch my feet to the other side of the bag. Yeah. <laughs> what is he doing? This is harder than you think. <laughs> no. Ten years ago, maybe. Now, no chance. After the defensive display that I did not put on at Fantasy Camp, I'm going to pass. <laughs> Absolutely pass. And uh, finally... Got some great audio here from uh, Rick Ross, rapper, producer. The best. Oh, my God. He is a character. He is funny as hell. And uh, he recently went on Instagram stories. He was live talking with people and admitted that he refuses to ride in any Tesla. (laughs) Because he says no smart car. He's like, maybe a smart car, but not not a Tesla. Because what if it drives him to the police? (laughs) Here's what it sounded like on his Instagram story. I won't have a smart... Well, I'm not going to say I won't have a smart car, but I've never ridden in a Tesla. Never. Never. Never in my no life. No smart car. I've never ridden in a Tesla, and the reason being is because I've always had in the back of my mind the government could tap into the brain of the car. Yeah. Okay, Rick. where's Rick? <laughs> He's over here. No, bring him in for questioning. <laughs> like, where I'm going? Yo, um, it's leaving Wingstop before the wings. You pull up to the building and the Asian walk out, hey. <laughs> Mr. Ross, can you come with us? No. <laughs> you, you better catch me doing something. Bring him in. How much stuff is he is out there that he could be questioned on is what I want to know. I, well, I think it's a great idea, though. You know how they do those stings where they tell people who have like outstanding warrants, hey, you just won $10,000. Show up here. Come get it. To come get it. And then they show up and... 
the police are waiting to put him in cuffs. Why do you like that? Well, I'm just saying you could you could round up all your 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 wanted criminals by just saying, "Hey, congratulations, you, you want, want a, a Tesla, Tesla and, and it auto drives you." And then they hop in. And There's a thousand auto, Teslas parked in front of the police, you to the police station. Okay, where's Rick? He's over. Now bring him in for questioning. And that's what I want to know. Like, like where I'm going, yo. Um, it's yo, leaving Wingstop before the wings. <laughs> it's incredible. You pull up to the building and the Asian walk out. Hey, hey, hey. hey. A few questions before we come inside. Oh, he's so good. I love Rick Ross so much. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. A fair concern. Fair concern. <laughs> I'm already figuring out ways to make it happen. <laughs> ben just wanting to sting people out there with warrants. All right. Uh, oh thank you, Polly. Ryan will report in the books. Uh, we'll come back. Uh, San Diego State. Tell you where they uh, appear in the new Associated Press Top 25 after their win on Saturday night. We'll talk a little college hoops coming up next with Ben and Woods after a check of traffic. Be right back here on 97.3 The Fan. Legit thought it was eight twenty four. I was like, "My God, what are we going to talk about?" Welcome to the five hour edition of Ben and Woods. Yeah, don't Did give we many turn ideas. The back at some point. Don't give the show? many ideas, Benjamin. Every day you can get NFL headlines delivered straight to your smart speaker or earbuds. The best football show podcast wraps up the world in fifteen minutes, so you can be smarter at the water cooler. Host Elliot Shore Parks explains the biggest stories from multiple vantage points and the ripple effects it has throughout the NFL. Plus, the best football show delivers highlights from all of Odyssey's football podcasts. So, yeah, all the news and insight from across the league. Follow in the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for that Gettysburg address. Always one of my uh, favorite times of the week, especially when I think the Aztecs are going to make an appearance in the top 25. The new poll released just minutes ago. And checking in at number 22 in the nation, San Diego State out of the Mountain West Conference with a 17-4 and record. Pretty good. Their fourth straight win Saturday night, 72-51 over San Jose State. Uh, So the Aztecs are back in the top 25. But now, as they hit the second half of the conference season with an 8-1 record, alone in first place, schedule gets a bit tougher at this point. Uh, tomorrow, they're going to play at Nevada. Always a tough place to play up in Reno. And then on Friday, they're home to second place Boise State. 
who is also a fringe top 25 team. They're in the others receiving votes, but I think they're 7-2. and two. The Aztecs are 8-1 and one in the Mountain West, so it uh, should be a battle for first place on Friday night at Viejas Arena. Uh, they've got still uh, games. they got to go to New Mexico still. They have to go to Boise State after that. So the second half a little bit tougher than the first half of the schedule for the Aztecs, but they... It looked as good as I've seen them uh, for at least most of the game on Saturday night. Watched the whole thing. Uh, at one point, they, at one point, San Jose State really couldn't get a shot off. They, <laughs> the second half of the first half, they didn't make a single field goal. In fact, they went about fourteen minutes without actually making a basket. They scored like three points on free throws, and that was it. And most of the times down the court ended with a turnover and not even getting a shot off. So there wasn't even the danger of a basket most of those times down the court. And that wasn't even the most spectacular thing that San Diego State did in that game. They played the entire 40 minutes, Woods, and committed just three turnovers in the whole game and none by their starting three guards. That's amazing. Uh, Darion Trammell, Matt Bradley, and Lamont Butler, zero turnovers, nine assists over the entire 40 minutes. And, you know, those guys are out there a good chunk of the time. That is that is taking care of the ball. Uh, they're rebounding. They're doing all the little things. Uh, to make it a little bit easier on yourself when you're playing basketball. that You get a lot of free, easy points, a lot of dunks. I mean, the first half felt like they had like five or six dunks just on wide open, great passes and plays. It really was a sharp game uh, for San Diego State on Saturday night. How many more games in the regular season? So they've got uh, nine more in the regular season. They're 8-1, and one, so they hit the second half now. And then the conference tournament, which is uh, up to three games. And then you go to the NCAA tournament after that. Yep, 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 yep. And then when the NCAA tournament ends, we will be in baseball season. Can't wait. I did not, uh, much to your surprise, did not watch the Aztecs Saturday night, but I was watching San Diego sports. I was watching my beloved San Diego Seals, and something happened in the game. They're coming back from a loss the previous week at Calgary. Their only loss uh, of the season so far, they were taking on the defending champion, Colorado Mammoth. Now, this happened, I logged into uh, ESPN Plus to watch the game, and you guys, there was no announcer. There were no guys calling the game. All you heard was the PA announcer like, all right, Mammoth, get on, my boy, Big Rob, all you could hear was his mic. Just the Nat audio of the arena. Correct. You'd hear, like, you know, the music going. Was, it a, mal- was it a malfunction? I think it was a malfunction because about halfway through the first, the guys just picked up out of nowhere. It wasn't like, hey, oh, we got here late, but we're ready to go now. If I had <laughs> a, the ability or the time to go. So we have a goalie. Uh, you know, Frank Ciliano is usually our goalie. Um, we've been using this kid, Chris Origlieri, and he's been great. He has been phenomenal, and he got the start. To hear the old Chiliano O'Griglieri combo, combo. that's an easy one to pronounce. So Riggs gets the start, but to hear these guys butcher O'Riglieri in 45 different ways, if I had the time or the ability to go back and clip it. That's a tough one for me. O'Riglieri. O'Riglieri. And they state farm. They could not say it. They were actually laughing by the end of it. Like, oh, Wrigley, uh, 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 we'll get it. We'll get it. We're just going to keep practicing. It was an inc- it was an incredible game. We beat the snot out of Colorado Mammoth, who I loathe. By the way, I was was actually getting into it on Twitter with a Mammoth. Are fan. they your least favorite team yeah. in the league? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Do not like them. That's no, that's like where them. Steve Govett came from, right? Correct. Yeah. And they're a bunch of cheap shot artists, man, and. Tried to take There's out our captain. Words right there. Yeah, they tried to take out our captain. 
And our captain went on to fight one of them, and he spun around and he goes, oh, no, that's Brody Merrill, and I'm not going to fight him. And I watched this, this guy's soul leave his body. Uh, but, no, we took it to him. Next home game is this Saturday. I'm going to cannot wait to get back. Dan Doby got his 1,000 1,000 points, points man, which is insane, insane. So it was this team, I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, this is the year. And then speaking of milestones, last night, Boris Pardo got his 100th win in goal for the Sockers uh, as they won their 29th straight and beat uh, Craig told us what a big game it was against Chihuahua, who was just two points behind him in the standing. So Sockers could have ended up out of first place had they lost, but they won, and now they got a little cushion first place in the, in the season as they are chasing another championship Boy, in indoor soccer. You know Craig was sweating that game. Oh yeah, he was it was close. Sweating too. that game last night. It was great. Yeah. It was four four in the fourth quarter, and uh, this guy, I think Christian Gutierrez, is his name for the Soccers, gets the ball midfield, dribbles it all the way down, and there's like two guys there to stop him. So what he does is he he passes it off the boards yeah. back to himself, to himself. So and cool. then scores. It was uh, it was one of those great plays you only see in indoor soccer, but very fun, very cool. And then they went on to the six four win over the Savage last night. Well, that's a local sports wrap-up for you. Look at that. Gulls lost to Ontario 7-2. to They're the having Gulls, a rough season. They are. They had a uh, disco night, though, that looked badass. Oh, yeah. They, they were, like, had a disco looked, party it, on the floor at the ice. It looked incredible. The jerseys, yeah. I thought, were phenomenal. Uh, we're going out, I think, on the 10th for Bo's first hockey game ever. So, uh, excited about that. All right. There's your, uh, there's your wrap-up of the local sports over the weekend. We'll come back. We had a good discussion. I'd like to bring it back. Maybe even get some phone calls on the Rockies owner. What was his name? Uh, Dick Manfort. Dick Monfort. That's what and I said. what he had to say about the Padres and uh, Peter Seidler. I mean, kind of called him out by name without calling him out by name. No, he, but he did. Did he say he Peter said, Seidler? He said Padres. The Padres. What's, yeah, I'll read it to you. Clearly, man. though, it's it's directed at Peter Seidler, his fellow owner. Uh, so we'll get to that to wrap things up next with Ben Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Through the fan is brought to you by Pfizer. When temperatures drop, COVID nineteen cases may rise. So, if you test positive and are at high risk, act fast. Even if you think your symptoms feel mild, ask your provider if an authorized oral treatment could be right for you. Visit treatcovid19.com. Dick Monfort, owner of the Colorado Rockies, has high aspirations for his team this year. Five hundred, <laughs> at best, is what he. Uh... I mean, you can't you can't say the guy's not realistic. Yeah, 
I mean, I guess. Uh, Maybe that is uh, an unrealistic goal for the Rockies. Uh, Denver Rockies lead beat reporter Patrick Lyons tweeted over the weekend, I think we can play 500 ball, quote. That's Rockies owner Dick Manfart speaking in Greeley at the Breakfast of Champions event. <clears throat> so then I saw that. I, I retweeted it laughing. I said, love to see an owner shoot for the stars. It warms the heart. Well, then later on, uh, an article came out from the Denver Post, I do believe. And uh, this guy, Patrick Saunders, I mean, he, I don't know what kind of sodium pentothal he shot into uh, Dick Manfart's arm, but he started just spilling. Like true, It was like truth serum. And so, so in this article, he says... Like, was he drunk? Yeah, were, were you drinking at this breakfast of mid that you guys... Just a bunch mimosas? of mimosas. Bar, yeah. 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 Anyway... Well, and while the, I'm at it... What the Padres are doing... So he says this uh, in this article. It's fantastic. Quote, what the Padres are doing, I don't 100% agree with. Sounds like it's more like he 0% agrees with. Correct. <laughs> Let's parse it out. We have 20 minutes. What the Padres are doing, I don't 100% agree with. Okay, what are the Padres doing, everybody? They The Padres are, they have traded some substantial pieces from their farm system to acquire some talent like Juan Soto, to acquire some talent like Yu Darvish, to acquire some talent like Josh Hader, to acquire some talent basically around the around the diamond, right? Um, they've done that. They are well within their rights and the law to do so. You, Dick Manfart, also have prospects in your system that you could also dangle for better players. So he says, I don't 100% agree with it. Okay. And then he says this, although I know our fans probably agree with it, quote, we'll see how it works out. Well, so far, so good for the San Diego Padres, who made the the NLCS last year. Um, One, you know, beat a couple of really good teams on the way to do it. Um, Then he says, it says in the article, the Padres are projected to have the third highest payroll uh, in 2023 with a whopping $251 million. He believes the lucrative contracts handed out by teams this offseason increases the pressure on Colorado to spend. He says that puts a lot of pressure on us. But it's not just the Padres. It's the Mets. It's the Phillies. This has been an interesting year. I look at the Padres. They have a really talented team, but they have some holes, too. Oh, that's fine to say, right? Anybody have a problem with that? We do. We have some holes. If that's all he said. No problem. And someone was saying, how could you possibly compete with the Padres? And he said, yeah, they got a really talented team, but they got some holes. Sure. You know, we, Done. We got a chance. That's fine. Uh, absolutely. I don't, even, I don't even have an issue with that. And I would say, you know what? You're right. We do have some holes. So then he says, they've got three, maybe four starting pitchers, and then they're sort of like us. What? What do you... They have Joe Musgrove, Blake Snell, you Darvish, so I don't know. They have spent a lot of money, and they will have to spend a lot of money if they want to keep outfielder Juan Soto. But it does put a lot of pressure on you. Yes, it does. So their payroll in 2022, I looked this up, $145 million. $62 million of that was considered injured list payroll. Also had a million three in deferred salary to Todd Helton. So paying Todd Helton, who's forty eight years old, uh, seventeen million to Chris Bryant, who 
had 42 games last year, 181 plate appearances. His net worth, guys, is $700 million. Now, that's bottom third of the league, but it's still $700 million. So his Rockies investment uh, in 2003 was valued at $300 million. It's worth now, the team, believed to be about $1.3 billion. So, listen, it's, it's hard to... I understand what he's feeling, I do, but that's not the Padres' fault. That's your fault. The fact that you're not willing to open the purse to pay out those contracts, that's not Peter Seidler's fault. That's not that's not that's your fault. You're these guys are there. It's a free market. They're all there for free agency. You can go get them. All the guys that you could trade, you could trade your prospects and go get Juan Soto. You could have made a bit. I've got uh I've got a point that I think Dick Monfort didn't really consider when making his statements yesterday and i will get to that after one last check of traffic here on 97.3 the fam so what's the bottom line for me is that dick monfort the owner of the rockies is going wah 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 the padres are spending about 100 million more than i am yet they can't be making that much more yeah sure they're filling up their ballpark but I have a better TV market. There's no way that they're making more money than I am, but they're spending way more, and that really isn't fair for the rest of us. They should they should only be able to spend what I'm kind of spending. Is that kind of what you get the, the gist of his argument? I, is? Honestly, the gist for me is I hate that they're making us look bad. I hate that this quote-unquote small market is making us look bad. And Peter Seidler's out there spending that money and throwing all this money around, and it makes guys like me, hardworking, intelligent guys that don't trade Trevor Story in a walk year, that re-sign a 37-year-old closer instead of trading him for prospects, makes me look bad. By the way, this story, though, is not just a one-year or a two- or three-year story that the Padres are spending all this money. When Peter Seidler first bought in and became one of the owners of the Padres, first along with Ron Fowler and then... Kind of now as the as the chairperson and point person for ownership, he had a plan, and you know how we know he had a plan. He told us he was very upfront about what the plan was for the San Diego Padres. We didn't necessarily believe it because we had been conditioned to think that all of our owners were basically lying to us when they said, "All right, we have a plan. It's a five year plan. We're going to get ourselves in position, and then once we have." The pieces in place, the young players coming up through the system. We've built up our farm system. We plan to then spend more on the big league product and become, you know, competitive on the big league level. And they said that. They said that out loud right at the beginning. And I think we all laughed and went, yeah, I'll I'll believe it when I actually see it. Really, you're going to spend money on the big league product in San Diego. You're going to go out and get free agents. Right. Right. But they said all along that that was the plan. And guess what? For Several years, probably more than the five they really wanted. AJ Preller worked on building up the farm system, signing international, you know, prospects, trying to increase the standings, and he did. He got the Padres to top five, top three, top one in minor league systems in baseball. And then he started going out and using that capital to improve the big league product through trades. And then at the same time, Peter Seidler says, Okay, now that we're doing that. Let's open up the purse strings and start spending the money that we haven't been spending for several years on the big league product. This is what we plan to do all along. And now the Padres 
are following through with that plan. I didn't hear Dick Monfort or any of the other owners saying, boy, this Peter Seidler, what a terrible plan. He's going he's gonna to invest in his minor league system for several years and then go for it on the big league level. No one had a problem with it then, but now that he's following through on his long-stated plan, now it's a problem for Major League Baseball. And I, and I think you made the point yesterday in the text, Red, and we were texting about it. You know, He never complained about the Mets doing this or the Dodgers or the Yankees or anybody else, and that's that whole mindset and that narrative of just because – you know, just because it's the Yankees or the Dodgers, it's okay when they do it. They're bigger markets. I mean, the, you know, it, it, it. Peter Seidler has done a little bit of flipping, flipping the narrative on its ear, and I think it's a good. It's a. How can you look at it? I guess unless you're an owner that's forced now to spend money. He don't own a baseball team, Ben. If you feel like spending money takes a gun to your head, don't don't own anything. If you feel like it takes a gun to your head to improve your product. That's it. That's the bottom line of this whole thing. Like, I'd spend money, but only if some if public outcry is so much that I'm forced to. You're not the right owner. Let's let's. Who is a fan of Peter Seidler out there? Well, let's see. Players like that he's gone out and invested in his team. Their agents certainly like that. I think fans, certainly Padres fans, love it. And if we're going to be honest, I think fans around baseball are happy that you know teams are going for it and creating competitive teams on the field media has been very much in favor of it writers they say hey look at this the Padres are actually going for it in fact everybody other than a handful of small market owners so maybe there's been a couple of you know the 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 is this sustainable bit you know you, you see that kind yeah, of I mean Jeff Passan has said you, it you've seen a little couple of the backhands and hey listen at today uh on January 30th I don't know I don't know. I don't know if it's sustainable. I don't care. I couldn't care less about Peter Seidler's books and what his bank accounts is. I don't care if it's if he's if he willing. Thinks it is, if he it thinks is. it's sustainable, then it's sustainable. So, also, I know that the 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 value of this team, Ben, is worth more today than it was three years ago, and it's worth more than it was five years ago. Right? It, it just is. It, it, this is a, the hottest commodity in baseball is the San Diego Padres. This is baseball's mecca right now. It's an all-star team that you're running out there. So it's a World Series contender. I mean, I, I get it. If Peter Seiler wasn't as rich as he was and went out and spent $250 million on the team and then next year said, I spent all of my money. We don't have anything left. I'm broke. $60 million I dollar payroll. To, I need to sell the team. I have nothing left to pay any of these players. In fact... We're going to be defaulting on some of the payments to our players. Ben, but I know yes, you. I know you were worried about me garnishing your wages. <laughs> now I'm actually going to garnish your wages. <laughs> right. So until that day, though, I don't think we all need to be all that concerned with it. Well, and if we don't need to be, then the other owners certainly <laughs> shouldn't be. And again, if I'm Peter Sadler, and I don't think it's in Papa Pete's um, repertoire to be a bitter turd like I am, I'd be dropping a text to that dude. I would. I'd be like, "Hey, man, keep my keep my team's name out of your mouth." Well, what's the worst case scenario? <laughs> my owners. <laughs> what's the worst case scenario? The Rockies fans become disillusioned with their own team yeah. and their owners, well, and either they stop being baseball fans, or God forbid, they go. You know what? I like that. I like Fernando Tatis Jr. and Manny Machado and Juan Soto. Guess what? I'm giving up my Rockies fandom. And becoming a Padres let's, fan. Let's I'm talk buy about it. Their merch and their tickets in let's, the future. Let's talk about it from the fan perspective. 
So if you're a Rockies fan, you're diehard, and you go out to Coors Field, but which by all accounts, I, I was there. I went there once. Like it's first. I've been there op- once. Opening yeah. year. My wife went last year. Had the time of her life. Said it's phenomenal. Such a great experience. Great. Okay, so you got that part covered, right? That's that was kind of the first step with the Padres too. We're going to get you the fan experience. You love coming to Petco. They got that covered in in Colorado. Well, then you have to start investing in the minor leagues. You have to start investing in uh, the guys that you have on the field out there. They've done, they've they've signed some guys here and there. I, I understand there's a challenge to probably sign some some top pitchers there, but you know they've done an okay job. They've had some star power in there as well, guys that you want to go watch. You know the Tulos over the years. You tried on Chris Bryant, it didn't work out. I think he's probably really bitter about that. But you let superstars go for nothing, pretty much, bro. If I'm a fan today and I read those comments in the Den- Denver Post, I'm livid. I'm livid. And he even says it. He knows he's busted. He says, I'm sure our fans agree. Why wouldn't we? What is Peter Seidler doing that's wrong, that's that's untoward, that's shady, that's illegal, that's you know off the books? Nothing. Nothing. He's spending money. He's investing in his product. And he doesn't have a gun to his head to do it. He, Peter Seidler is guilty of one thing. He's guilty of not trying to squeeze every dollar of profit out of his team. Correct. He values... Winning and the experience and of I being bet you, an owner more than maximizing the profits of his team. But my friend, and I don't know the economics behind it, but I can promise you, he ain't going hungry with what he's putting out there. They're, they've capped season tickets. If you build it, they will come, and they are they're showing up in droves. And there's going to be fistfights over tickets. Like there's going to be. It's it's inherently a great thing. It's a smart business move. Hey, I've got extra money. Let's spend the hell out of it, and let's grow this thing into a juggernaut. And you don't think money's going to come pouring in then? You don't think everyone then wants a taste of the San Diego Padres? It's smart business. Now the party doesn't necessarily last forever. It doesn't. If you spend a bunch of money on your team, and they don't do well. We've seen many examples. The Mets, for many, many years, to spend tons of money on the team Bro, without very many returns. The Yankees haven't won a World Series since uh, World Series since 2009. Like That's a long time for that organization to go without one. And they've tightened the purse strings. I mean, a lot of teams have. So um, I'm not going to be surprised when it happens, but it's not happening now. And it's certainly it's nothing wrong that he did that he, they would need, need to get name-checked as doing something wrong by another owner. All right, good show to start the week. Lots to get to today. And uh, special thanks to Annie Heilbrun, who joined us our last hour. And our Can't Premier wait for Chevrolet tomorrow. Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall. Chevrolet, find new roads. Hey, tomorrow is one day closer to the start of spring training. Uh, yeah, we got a couple of weeks until the Super Bowl, but uh, we'll get to all that as well. For Paul Reindel, for Stephen Woods, I'm Ben Higgins. Coach John Contera coming up next on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. We'll talk to you tomorrow.